Well, a crazy day and night for bond yields pushing higher in the United States, across Europe, and particularly in Australia. We'll look at why it's happening and what it all means. Meanwhile, equities are struggling to hold their head above water, a big sell-off in tech stocks in the US, and commodities rising sharply, pushing the Aussie dollar to a multi-year high. It's all about reflation hopes. It's also because there's a lack of bad news. All we're hearing is the good stuff. Even Boris Johnson's easing of lockdown in the UK was seen as good, even though his message was really, this is going to take a long time. But that doesn't seem to be what the market said. It's Tuesday, the 23rd of February, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a further fall in the US dollar down 0.4% on the DXY. The gains have been in the euro up 0.4%, the pound up half a percent, the Aussie dollar up 0.7%, now over 79 US cents for the first time in three years. We're also seeing a fall in US equities. The Dow has managed to keep its head above water just, but the S&P is down a little. The Nasdaq has lost 1.3%. It uh, was at a three-week low overnight. Equities down a lot less in Europe, but they are down. Meanwhile, 10-year Treasury yields are been on a roller coaster, getting up to 1.39% yesterday, Australian time, and then uh, back now to about 1.35%. 30 years are up two basis points as well to 2.16%, having been much higher. Both, in fact, reached 12 year, twelve month highs. Uh, in Australia, 10 years have shot up from 1.5% on Friday night and are now up over 1.65%. May 2019 is the last time they were this high. And bond yields also rose in Europe, but have come back now more than they actually rose. So they've actually given away a little. 10-year bond yields reaching minus 0.28% before falling back to minus 0.35%. And we've got big rises in commodities. Comex Silver up 3%, gold up 1.7%, copper up 1.8% to a new nine-year high. And oil, WTI, is up 3.5%, Brent 3.3% up. So anything but a quiet start to the day. Rodrigo Cotrill is Senior FX Strategist for Markets in NAB in Sydney. What can I say? I mean, the, the bond markets, that's just the beginning of it, but they have been decidedly choppy in Australia and around the world. But in Australia, what can, the, what can central banks do about it? What can the RBA do? given that they've said that they won't lift rates for a few years. Morning, Phil. Yeah, it, it all sort of, uh, it, it's been babbling in the background, too. To be fair, we've seen uh, core global yields rising uh, in, in recent days. And um, and then the focus yesterday is really around the Australian market. Um, uh, and it all kind of kicked, kicked, kicked off because, um, as you know, the, the RBA has this yield curve control policy. Um, and we've seen the three-year rate in Australia, the, the target bond, which is the April 2024 rising above that 10 basis point uh, or rather 10 basis point mark and it was trading up to towards 13 basis points and then the expectation was that the RBA will come in and buy the bond uh, and push the, the yield down again. Um, now the RBA hasn't come to, to market for quite some time and then it did come yesterday but it only come uh, to buy 1 billion and typically in the past it's actually done you know 2 billions. Um, which is what it did in December. So the market was clearly disappointed. Uh, and then that kind of created a burst of, of, of activity. And we saw not only front end yields, but also the, the back end of the curve rise significantly with the seven, with the 10 year rate uh, climbing around 17 basis points. So, so it was a pretty dramatic move up in yields. Uh, and this, of course, was uh, against the background where 10-year treasury yields are also climbing in the background. So, so uh, it's been certainly a test. Uh, the market was not impressed by the sort of the lack of sort of emphasis or, or power, if you like, coming from the RBA. Um, 
Um, um, but but in terms of answering your question, what what can the RBA and other central banks do? Well, the reality is that they they have you know unlimited ammunition to to, to come to market and, and and suppress any move up in yields. Um, that hasn't quite been the case in in, in Australia yet. Um, but as you say, what we what we've seen overnight is that ECB Lagarde made that comment saying that she's watching or that the central bank is watching the move up in yields very closely. Of course, this is part of what we call the financial. Conditions uh, at the moment, the, the, the sense is that be, the central bank suppressing yields is fostering a more easy state of financial conditions. But the move up in yields certainly will tighten those conditions. Um, and then, as ECB Lagarde said, they're watching very closely. And if it considered, it is considered to be a concern, they will come in uh, and step in. So, and so what, what, for now, what, what is what started? Is this all because of the? Uh, is it because of the? Is it stemming from those inflation expectations out of the US, or is it just because we are now more optimistic about the? You know, the reflation trade is is happening faster because we are we're seeing our way out of the the bad COVID story a little bit faster than we'd anticipate because we had good data like, like overnight, for example, the Gemini IFO business climate numbers were higher than anticipated. The PMIs that we saw were, were stronger. So we had good, strong data. So is that part of it as well? You know, we, we, we seem to be moving out of this faster than perhaps we thought we would. Yes, certainly. So, I mean, if you look at sort of the macro picture, then we look at the commodities, uh, which mm. are a good leading indicator in terms of what growth is likely to be. And of course, commodities are, 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 are on a tear. And in particular, copper continues to, to rise. Brent oil overnight uh, or oil prices in general also rose, rose overnight. So there's certainly that sort of refreshing trade that has been reflected in commodities. And of course, Australia being highly linked in terms of its economy to, to commodities, we've seen uh, the Aussie dollar well supported and that push up in, in domestic yields. So that's certainly one theme. And the other theme, of course, as you mentioned, is that in the US is the, the expectations of a, a a huge Biden stimulus, um, which will, you know, create that inflationary pressure, uh, which is also pushing up uh, yields yields higher. So, yeah, um, yeah. For for Australia, I would say that the commodity and the, this perception of the reflation will is, is certainly uh, the one factor, and the fact that overnight or yesterday, I should say, the RBA wasn't quite as aggressive as as it had been in the past, and the market was certainly disappointed. But you know what? Why is so much of this a surprise? I mean, we keep on talking about investors seeing through what's happening now. So when when things were bad, investors were seeing through it uh, through to the next horizon. Uh, you know, when we're, we're seeing that short-term upsurge in COVID infections, people were investing in, in stocks and they were seeing through it all. So didn't they see through that that we would get through the other side, that uh, there would be optimism and the, the, the prospect of inflation might also be there? I mean, what, what has surprised the markets? Wasn't this all foreseeable? Well, I suppose there's a couple of things to, to, to highlight. One, uh, the, the pandemic itself has surprised uh, most economists in the sense that it has been a lot more dramatic, if you like, in terms of the impact it's had in the, in the economy. Or It's been sort of an instantaneous uh, recession, if you like. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, as we come out of it, it's also been proven that the recovery has been a lot quicker and faster than, than we had expected. So that's certainly one, one aspect. Uh, the other aspect is, of course, the good news around the global vaccine which is, um, you know, rolling out and, and proving to be as successful as, as we hoped. Uh, yeah. And that's great news. And, and then the other thing, which is really kind of the, the big, big point is that 
we're sort of having a, an, an economic experiment at the moment. You know, the, the, the commitment from uh, Biden to, to, to stimulate the economy, yes, it's going to create inflation, but that doesn't matter because he wants to get uh, as many jobs creation as possible. And, and then, you know, the concern around inflation is something that they will deal with later on. Um, and then even, even the tolerance to inflation is the theme that we're seeing in, uh, you know, across central banks around the globe. So, so um, that, that is not typically what central banks do. Central banks tend to push against the expectations of inflation, whereas now the message is, well, until we see it, we're not going to do anything about it. And even when it happens, mm. um, our sense is that it's going to be temporary. Yeah. And therefore, we're just going to let it through. So, so certainly a, a test to, 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 to the market. Well, Joe Biden's got to get a bend on, hasn't he? He's got three weeks to get the new stimulus bill through before the current uh, increased jobless benefits expire. So they've got 246 billion of that 1.9 trillion is allocated to the to the elevated uh, jobless benefits. So that could all uh, that could all disappear. So you know some of this we're, we're assuming things are going to happen. We're assuming that we are going to come out. The vaccine's all going to work and everything's going to be hunky dory. I mean, there's still a downside in all of this, but the market seems to be ignoring it. Well, yeah, right now we, we're ignoring it. And if anything, right now the market uh, is testing the resolve of central banks. And, mm. and, and that's what we need to see whether, um, you know, in theory they have the ability and the ammunition, so, but now they need to show it and, and, and act on it. So with commodities going a little crazy, with the uh, the reflation trade really, truly alive, and you mentioned it, you know, we've seen we've seen that reflected in the, the Aussie dollar reaching its three-year high. It's broken through 79 cents. Is that it now? Is it going to stay there? Well, from, from a technical perspective, the, the break above that uh, 78.20, which was the previous high, um, means that Aussie has plenty of room to, to test that 80 cents with not a lot of, you know, resistance. Uh, so from, from that perspective, um, there, there's, there's room for the Aussie to, to continue to trade higher. Um, uh, the move has been quite dramatic. So, uh, it's having the expectation of sort of a vertical line uh, ascendancy. Um, you know, it usually doesn't work that way. Uh, we expect a little bit of volatility near term, but certainly the backdrop uh, in terms of the commodity support uh, is, 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 you know, placed to the view that the, the Aussie has, has the potential to climb higher. Well, yeah, up to 80. It's not far off there now, is it? Yes, I mean, if anything, it's a reminder of what, what our outlook for the Aussie dollar has been for quite some time in terms of this year. We, we expected it to trade uh, towards 80 cents in the first half of, uh, of this year. And then we still see it trading towards that 80, 85 range in the second half of this year, given that these sort of expectations of a broad global recovery is really still at the early stages. And we expect that to happen and to be to unfold over the course of 2021. Now, the pound has been steadily rising today. Some of that, well, probably not very much. Actually, when you look at it, I was going to say some of it down to Boris Johnson's announcement on the uh, easing of lockdowns. But uh, if you look at the timing of it, I mean, the pound's been on a maybe it was expectation or maybe it was just the weakness in the US dollar because the pound has been on a, a steady upward path. It didn't really move too much while Boris Johnson was talking. But maybe that's because, I mean, he's easing the lockdown in the UK, but I mean, it's not particularly quick. Schools are going to go back in a couple of weeks. Non-essential stores won't open uh, until later on in, in April. So it's a very slow, cautious approach that he's taking. Certainly. I think, I think it's, and, and if anything, somewhat surprising, there hasn't been sort of this, it initially was sort of by the rumor and that's why the, the pound was performing. And now that the facts have come out and uh, haven't been as 
sort of, uh, if you like, aggressive as or bullish. Yeah, um, it, the the pound hasn't hasn't been hurt. Uh, now, of course, this has occurred against the backdrop of broad U.S. dollar weakness. Uh, when you look at the performance of the dollar, is literally weaker across the board. Um, so, uh, but nevertheless, the pound is up there with the commodity linked currencies in terms of performance. So, again, a reminder of of how currencies are being rewarded when you see the vaccine rollouts being effective and the, and the market looking through the futures in the sense that uh, things are going really well for, for the UK uh, and the expectations that the vaccine rollout will be effective means that the reopening of the economy should happen faster than, than many yeah, expect. Well, long last, the UK seems to have got something right. I mean, it is uh, quite a success story, isn't it? Look, uh, today, New Zealand publishes retail sales figures for Q4. We get the, uh, from the ABS in Australia, we get the uh, preliminary trade data for January as well. Uh, either of those important for us today? Um, we don't expect major surprises. I mean, the, the retail sales in uh, in the New Zealand is is really Q4, so it's unlikely to to really be sort of trouble the scores, if you like. Um, and the, the Australian data is preliminary. So, and, and the theme, if anything, is that you know commodities will continue to support the trade part of the, the Australian economy. So we don't expect major surprises from there. If anything, the, the big ticket for tonight will be Fed Chair Powell's speech early tomorrow morning, um, and particularly given in the move up in yields, so it will be interesting what he has to say. Yeah, also a bit more data as well. Get the Conference Board Consumer Confidence and the Richmond Fed Manufacturing. But, uh, you know, we, they, we we wouldn't be surprised to see them surprise on the upside, given that that seems to be in the, the general direction of travel for data lately. Yes, if anything, the expectations there is for an uptick in terms of the consumer sentiment. Uh, and the Richmond survey will again be important because we got to remember that the activity readings in, in the US are pretty high at the moment. And then uh, the regional survey may reinforce the view that the ISM will remain elevated uh, when it comes out uh, early in March as well. All right. Leave it there for now. Thank you, Rodrigo. Catch you again very soon. Thanks, Phil. Talk soon. It's exciting times. You know, it can get quite dull saying uh, the bond yields have moved one or two basis points. So it's exciting getting days like today. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.